my god. Did you know what was, did you know what was going on outside when you left work today? Yeah, I saw the snow. It was like, uh, yeah. I, uh, but I'm fortunate though, I'm like five minutes away. So it only took me an extra five minutes. Well, <laughs> so I, even, a double, even if I doubled my time, I did well. <laughs> yeah. I figured um, it was a good a chance to do the podcast today because it's going to take me forever to get home. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you have snow tires on your, your vehicle? I have all seasons. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I know it's very slippery. Yeah. yeah it was very uh, crazy. The people, the very first snowfall, everyone seems to lose their mind, so. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it's quite slippery because there's nothing really to, to adhere to. It's just straight bare pavement and fluffy snow or wet snow, depending on, on the actual temperature or something. No, I'm actually not taking the perimeter home today. Oh, you, that's what you usually take? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I can get home in 20 minutes by the perimeter. But oh, I'm not, that taking, makes sense. I'm not taking the perimeter home. South perimeter is no. always the worst hit, right? I think All usually. Right. That's true. Yep. So. So. Um. I'm gonna post, so I'm gonna post this at this episode this weekend, and then okay. the, the episode we're doing on the weekend, which we can pick right. a little bit, um, we're gonna do that on Sun. The, that's the one we're recording on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? So we're gonna have uh, Lauren Adler, or uh, sorry, Lauren Alder. That's the uh, that's her pen name, right? So we're gonna have her on the show to talk about her book. Yeah, that she just released. Uh, you can have it at the same place that uh, the Keycon uh, takes place. Exactly, at the Radisson Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of exciting. Um, kind of excited to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's uh, given us some topics that she, I think she wants to talk about. I don't know if you saw the last email, so we'll, we'll cover that stuff mm-hmm. on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, not our first guest. I think the first guest I had on the show really was you. <laughs> was, was me? Well, back in the day when it was just me, I had you on as a guest. Was that the first guest? You were the first guest. <laughs> I'll um, have to go to the archives and check that out. Yeah. And the, uh, I don't remember what our conversation was. I don't either. I think I might have to go back and maybe repost the link so people can see it. Uh, yeah, it was either you or Tracy. I can't remember who was first, but I think it was you. Yeah, that'd be that'd be the pilot. <laughs> yeah, I I know the first episode with Tracy was is the most downloaded episode still right. to this day. When I yeah. look at my top tens, it's still number one. Wow, <clears throat> I have no idea why. It's people still go back and down like to this day, still go back and download it. Like I still get new downloads. Well, once they know who she is, and, and you know, uh, yeah, they definitely they'll probably be downloading anything that you have with her on it. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, she's yeah. she's funny as hell. Yeah, like I, I still want to do a, an episode that we get all four of us together. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be very fun. But we'll do that at yeah. some point. So, okay. Uh, topic for today. Right. I I've been holding off talking about this because. It's a little too sensitive, I guess. But, a little uh, too sensitive. A little too sensitive. I, I will admit, I had a couple of moments where I cried. 
Oh, that okay. That's a tune. Okay, I, I thought you meant like a sensitive subject. It's a hush hush. Uh, oh no, a lot no, of no. controversy. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Just um, yeah. So, I, well, as we know, Stanley passed away. Right. And um, it's it's I don't know. It's a tough one for me because I mean that's almost single handedly the single handedly the reason I read comics. Right. And well, he's, he's the reason probably a lot of people read comics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So did they? So I no, I I didn't I didn't read the article of, of how like do you know how he passed? Was it um, just was he in a hospital? I think was he at was, home? Yeah, I think he was. I think he was at home. I mean, he was ninety five. So I mean, really, he died of old age. But I think it was heart and respiratory um, right. related stuff. But um, the last year of his life has been uh, fraught with a lot of problems. Right. It was the whole thing where um, claims were being made that his daughter was trying to defraud him. And there was uh, some business partner that was stealing money from him. And he's got his own uh, entertainment studio called the POW, like P-O-W, Entertainment. There was some okay. issues there. And, and he had... Uh, it's, it's almost he had a lot of health issues like a lot of health scares and stuff right in the last and I almost think you know pretty much related to probably related to like I mean his stress level this year was the last year was really really bad yeah and his wife passed away how long ago did she pass uh, within the last year I think oh, it was within okay. the last year, yeah. She was two years younger than him. Right. So I think they were married for. They were married for seven years? Wow. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Stan was all, like, totally smitten with his wife. Like, totally smitten. Right right to the last day. He was just what, sorry? Smitten. Smitten. Just totally. Smitten, yeah. Yeah, totally in love with his wife. Right. Like, never, ever, you know. She was everything to him, and it was. It was well, you, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you have to be. I mean, if you're with a person, I mean, that's the thing. When you're going to be with a person for the rest of your life, you got to make sure that you know you guys are, you know, you like each other well, <laughs> first yeah. off, and uh, and everything else. You guys have to have you know the same interests and what. Like you guys can do separate things, sure, but the bulk of of your time together should be you know. It, it should be positive. It should be positive. It should always be, and, and that's and that's good to hear that he that he got that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So <laughs> I covered so in snow. I, but with that, you're covered in snow. I just got, yeah, I had to roll my window down because oh, I can no longer see my uh, no longer see out my side window. Oh. It already got covered. Okay. Well, be careful. No, I'm being careful. <laughs> Um, so all we need is a live action uh, crash uh, on uh, on the podcast. <laughs> no, uh, we're not doing that. I'm actually driving really slow, and people are passing me, and I really don't give a shit. Right. And they're looking at you, and they look look at you, and they go, "Look at this guy He's talking to himself." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I noticed that there were there were a couple of uh, memes or, or a couple of things that people have posted, and they and they weren't they weren't very flattering. I think I think it kind of Peed up a few people. Sure. Um, I can't remember what they were, but I, they weren't they weren't positive things. But 
Um, so, so okay, so let's go back, Stanley, at the very beginning. Okay. Okay, so the first time you heard his name, where were you and what were you doing that you remember? Well... Like, were you reading a comic and, oh, oh uh, who wrote this? This was, what's yeah. that? It was definitely reading a comic, comic, that's for sure. Okay, so that was the first time you saw his name? Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so at that point, did you research him at all? Or yeah. did you just kind of just keep, just kept reading comics and, oh, oh he, he, you know, he's, you know, or there's a different comic that came out and went by that one. At what point did you actually go, okay, who is this guy? Well... Okay, so the way I figured it out, I had, I, I, I still, I, I can't remember which comic, it's down to probably one of two comic books, Okay. And if I really wanted to look it up, I could probably give you the issue number, but um, okay. I had, I mean, I always had comic books as a little kid, Oh yeah. always, always, mm-hmm. so right. there was a comic that I had that had, um, it was Spider-Man teaming up with Captain Britain. Mm-hmm. Captain Britain? Captain Britain, yeah. Does that character still exist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Captain Britain is uh, one of my favorite all-time characters. Definitely top five oh. for me. And it's because of that moment. So Spider-Man teams up with this young, brash superhero named Cap- Captain Britain. Uh, mm-hmm. He's impetuous. He's a bit of a dick. A little bit cocky and arrogant. And um, Spider-Man, who used to be that guy kind of right. shows in the ropes on, you know, you got to be a hero and all this sort of stuff. Um, and I remember at, the, at the, the first page of that issue, it says, Stanley Presents. Oh. It said that on every single comic. Stanley Presents. Oh, so it's, so it's in your face. <laughs> every time you open it up, it's right there. It's not like in the back portion saying, oh, author is such and such. Oh, no, or no. He's like Stan's right at the front. On, Stan's name was on everything. So It's like SeanMcGinnity.ca. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good website you everyone can go check out. Yeah. Um, but um, I and back then, Stanley like when I got into it, Stanley was already done writing. Like, I mean, he wrote the odd issue here and there, but he wasn't. He was done writing. He was in charge of Marvel, and that's all he was doing. But um, he had he still had a letter column mm-hmm. uh, called Bullpen Bulletins, and uh, he had his own little. Um, little se- section in there. You know when you when open up a magazine, there's a word from the editor. They're kind of describing what, what the issue is about. Yeah, some, I've, I've seen some of those. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but it's not about the issue. It's just they they plopped it in every comic book, and it's just Stan talking about something, kind of hyping what Marvel's doing right now, or oh, uh, we're down to Hollywood true believers, and we're working on a deal to get Spider-Man on TV, or you know, he's always talking about stuff like that like what was going on and, and that's like news of, yeah it was it, it, was, it was comic it, news it was comic news yeah and, and he um, he was very uh, very prominent in the book even though he wasn't writing he was very prominent in the book um, right. and that was my introduction to him so at some point I got some old reprints of because he did writing for Marvel which was Timely Comics and became Marvel Comics. He wrote from 1961 to 1972. And then he wow. just... And uh, he... At, at one point, he was writing 10, 10 different titles a month. 
titles like just Spider-Man, a whole bunch of different ones, or are yeah. you talking about different characters with different comics? Yeah, different comics, like ten mm-hmm. comics a month at right. one point. Um, so you know, he was writing mm-hmm. Spider-Man, he was writing Fantastic Four, he was writing Iron Man, he was writing the X-Men, mm-hmm. he was writing Doctor Strange. Um, now, with these, mm-hmm. were these characters created by him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, created, so these were all his created, own characters. Yeah, created or co-created, right? Because he right. would um, he would create the character with with the artist, mm-hmm. and they did uh, something that was called the Marvel Method. So um, he would work with the artist on the concept. You know, we need a we need somebody who does this and kind of does that. And, um, he's a teenager. Uh, he's a human spider. You know, Jack, draw me a human spider. And uh, you know he shoots uh, webs out of his out of his wrists. So then you know the, the artist would come back and, and well, what do you think of this then? Uh, well, let, let's add some blue on the on the on the legs, and then we'll add maybe a, a big spider on the chest. Or like they kind of kind of go back and forth, back and forth, designing the character. Right. And then once the character was created, um, once the character yeah. was created, then. Stan would give a synopsis for what the first issue is going to be, uh, and it would be like a one paragraph thing. So he'd say, "Okay, well," <clears throat> he would say, uh, "Okay, well, um, Peter Parker, um, his aunt is ailing, and he has to um, fight a supervillain and get across town to get her medicine. But he's having a hard time getting across town because he's fighting a supervillain, and he's got to get the medicine to Aunt May on time. And that's right. that's the plot synopsis." So then the artist goes back and and draws 22 pages of story mm-hmm. and builds a story around that synopsis. With no words. With, with no words. Then the pages go back to Stan and he has to put all the letters in. So he's got to cut. So from that point, he's actually creating a script for the story to match right. what the artist drew. Right. So he's essentially, um, cr- or like he, instead of writing the script beforehand and telling the artist what to do, he's giving the artist free range to 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 draw the story and you know determine where the action panels are and how many panels a page and what sort of actions happening and what sequence of events like all that stuff. Then Stan right. has to actually go and he's almost writing a script against that. And that was the Marvel method. So Stan would give, you know, to his artists, you know, Jack Kirby and and uh, uh, Sal Sal Pacima and John Romita and uh, Steve Ditko. Is okay? Here's a one paragraph. This is what's going to happen. Do it. Right now, do you know is, is that the same method that they write comics now? Um, it's a little bit changed from then. Like, it's still kind of similar. Some of the writers will offer, like, maybe a couple-page synopsis for what the issue is supposed to be. Like, right. Uh, but other writers... Like, I actually spent probably about 20 years learning how to, to script a comic book. Because there was no, there was nothing out there that told you how to do it. So right. I, I studied a lot um, and figured out, like, how, how was the script written. And there, now, was, there was no one way to do it. Right. Now, do you, when you write a comic, do you write the panels first 
and then put the story in after. No. No. No, okay, so I, I write the You whole don't use the Marvel first. method. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, when I was a kid, I was doing everything on my own, so I would actually plot what the, what was going to happen in the issue, right? And then I would draw it, keep it, and do the word balloons at the same time, which is not a good way to do it because you could um, you could be like I don't know, sixteen pages in, and realize shit, I forgot something, right? So once I you know, learned how a script actually works. I would actually script the whole thing, and I would do like a movie script. But I would just go at full length, fully describing each panel on each page, how many panels a page. I would do a thumbnail sketch, so I kind of knew visually how it could work. I would write the script, and then once the script was done, I would convert the script into art. That's how. It, that's how I was doing the last my last stuff okay because <clears throat> I kept making mistakes like well what am I supposed to do about page two I need to insert a page in here and I don't know like how am I going to do that so yeah so I started studying Alan Moore scripts I found a bunch of Alan Moore scripts the guy that wrote Watchmen V for Vendetta and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and uh, right. a whole bunch of other stuff I actually found a bunch of his scripts and I started basing my scripting on how Alan Moore did it, which was super hyper detailed, lots of description. The artist just draws what the writer says. Right. There's a potted plant, three quarter, so in panel one, there's a potted plant on a table. It's a mid shot, so you can see the whole table in the panel. There's a guy standing to the left, two feet from the table. There's a guy standing one foot from the right on the table. He looks bemused, like, it, you know, that detailed. Like, that's how right. I was writing my scripts. And when I did the Simca comic online, that's what my scripts looked like. Hyper-detailed, uh, no interpretation for the artist to take. Just right. draw this. So that's how scripting works. For us. Is there your windshield wipers? Yeah. Okay, I was wondering what that <laughs> I can hear this. Oh, it sounds like a, a wounded walrus. <laughs> a wounded walrus. <laughs> a wounded walrus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, winters are great. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So anyway, so that's how it works. So, um, so I didn't, I wanted, I wanted to use the Marvel method. Okay, if I right. was working directly with an artist... Had I done Simca different, I think that's how I would have wanted to do it. Here's are the general points that are going to happen and have a, a much looser script. Right. So the artist could, you know, coll basically collaborate with me, right? Right. That's what I wanted to see happen, but um, I was still learning at the time. and I didn't know if I'd ever right. be in that situation. And then it right. could that's end more up... more of a... It's more of a... That's more of a group. That's more of a group way of doing it versus doing it yourself, where you kind of have to do your own uh, writing and your own panels, and then you can kind of uh, kind of do it the way you want instead of just saying some to somebody, you know, this is this is what I want to do from here to here. This is the scene. This is what's going to be in it. You draw it, and then I'll add everything afterwards. Yeah, and then some write, some artists like working in differently. Some. 
some want to have as much creative control as possible. So they're going to, you know, I don't need a lot of instruction. I know how to put a page together. Like just tell me what you want to happen and I'll figure out how that's going to take place. Right. But uh, still others, like they, you know, they want, like when I worked with Kathy, she wanted that full detailed script. I want a detailed script. I want to know exactly what you want to see in every panel. I even provided thumbnails for her, kind of like a small kind of, you know, stick figure sketch of what the panel is going to look like, what each panel will look like. That's how we Mm -hmm. did it. Right. So different methods. Wow. That was a crazy tangent. (laughs) Different, different what? That was a crazy tangent. Oh no, that's that's good because I mean you're showing it, you know, the way that uh, he wrote with his own Marvel method versus what you know what you've done and the different uh, different ways that you've you've done yours. And I know some people like they they complain about Stan, like oh he didn't create any anything. The artist did all the work. I know that's kind of a common criticism that came up over the years, but when you look at it, sure he only provided like a paragraph of detail, but he still had to script the whole thing after. Right. And and to do 10 titles a month? Now, prior to Stan Lee coming into the picture with comics, who was actually writing comics prior to him? Or was it just a whole different... Oh, uh, it was a... Oh, God. Because I remember seeing comics, they were like the old westerns, and they had guns, and you could see the, the way the fire would come out of them. Yep. Almost like a weird thing. I don't know what type of comics they were, but I remember we had those. Yeah. I remember I'm not too sure, and I'm not too sure, you know, what genre, like what it was about. Some of those were Marvel comics too, actually. Oh, they were. Yeah, yeah, some of them were. There was uh, Rawhide Kid, Kid Colt, mm-hmm. um, the Apache Kid, and a few others, and then DC had a bunch of their own as well. So I had, mm-hmm. I had quite a few of those. But back <clears throat> before Marvel came into prominence there was a tendency for the writer and artist not to get much credit. And in fact, I, I think this was kind of the, the thing, like Bob Kane created Batman, for example, and he often was credited on stories he never drew because it was his creation. Right. So the, the credit went to him, and it was like a ghost artist. I think that's how that worked. So that was a common practice where credit was never given. It's like, well, this is a DC comic. It's created by DC Comics. We're not going to give any credit to anybody. We're not going to tell you who wrote it. We're not going to tell you who drew it. We're not going to tell you. Yeah, it's, it's all it's, it's all the owner of the company saying it's all me, buddy. <laughs> well, they kind of it's, it's almost like they didn't want they wanted like Batman to always look the same, like the same art, the same writing style. They didn't right. want to change the formula, maybe because they're afraid that you know people knew there was a different formula being used that they might not they might be less interested right right so i think there was a bit of that going on but well if, if you, i mean when you're used to someone writing a certain way for a certain character um and then someone else walks in and you know it's a whole different character altogether. it's like what is this it's like it's the same as like when you're watching a show i guess yeah. And all of a sudden, all the writers are different, and the show is different. It's like, what happened? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Type thing. So I guess I, I can see that. They want to keep the people. They don't want to advertise who they are because obviously they don't want anybody to, to jump ship. snatch them up, right? Yeah. Well, that too. 
But they also yeah. they they are also really sucked at giving, you know, not just giving credit by, but by not having the name on on the artwork or on the writing or whatever. Right. Then there was ownership issues they did wouldn't have to deal with. Right. So I mean, there's a lot of those guys back from the '60s and especially like the '50s and '40s and stuff that right. you know not everybody got credit, and they they got paid like a per diem, or not a per diem, but. They got paid, you know, per page they turned in. You're going to get paid five bucks a page, and that was it. Starving artist wage. Yeah, <laughs> and that's how it was. Right. Like, uh, the creators of Superman, the two guys, like, uh, I think one of them died penniless. And, I mean, super, yeah. the Superman brand has made billions and billions of dollars. Not millions, but billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, you yeah. know, with, you know, with the, the lunch boxes, like, in everything, like, they made a crap ton of money and those guys you know saw none of it Stan was right. smart enough that he actually worked a deal where he was getting there was a point where he wasn't actually working for, I think he wasn't working for Marvel anymore but they were still paying him a yearly salary of like a million dollars a year or, some, or something like that just because his wow. name was just because his name wasn't everything so instead of paying him a percentage right. like a royalty they were paying him well we're going to pay you a million dollars a year it was kind of his royalty in a way yeah, the lesser of of whatever he was going to get paid from them. Well, yeah, because I mean, he could have got paid a lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, if you look exactly. at like the Marvel films and stuff, like he actually gets a producer credit on all that stuff. Yeah, I guess he would. So he yeah. gets he gets back end dollars. Wow. Which, but I mean, huh. if you think about it, like <coughs> I know some people don't want to give Stan the credit. Like there was a point where people were like. You know, what about Jack Kirby, you know, the artist Jack Kirby or the artist Steve Ditko or, you know, this artist or that artist, like those guys didn't get paid fairly and true, they did not get paid fairly, but keep, let's keep in mind, Stan Lee was writing those comic books and he was running the company and he was their advertising, head of advertising. He's the guy that pounded the pavement and, and negotiated a lot of those Hollywood deals, like a lot of the cartoons that happened were, you know, cause he, like he was the guy doing all the legwork. So to pay to pay him in per, perpetuity perpetuity is that the right word makes sense right yeah because he's he's done, he's not just a you know a, we call it a, not a one hit wonder but you know the, what the one guy coming in just doing one thing in the comic like he was yeah, he was no. right in there well he, he was, was doing he was lettering too different aspects of the whole thing so they couldn't I mean they couldn't really shut him out because he was you know pretty much most of the department maybe <laughs> right but he, he was an artist too but I mean he just stopped drawing he was just doing writing but he's done every stage of the process because he worked in the 40s he was working for another company the company that created Captain America and he actually wrote some Captain America comics in the 40s mm-hmm. and it took him till like 61 like, he was writing a lot of romance comics in between and all that sort of stuff. So he, he, did you say he created Captain America? No, he wrote Captain America. I think that might have been one of his first comics that he wrote. And then when Marvel happened, he I don't know how it worked, but he was able to get the rights to Captain America, uh, the Submariner, and Human Torch, and carry right. them over to Timely, or what became Marvel. I don't know how no. that legal part worked, but he brought those people back from the 40s because those were the first three Marvel heroes. Right. So this Captain Europe or, or what Cap- was it? Captain Britain. 
Britain. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Britain. This was created after Captain America. I'm oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, was there other ones created like uh, uh, I don't know, Captain Asia or Captain, you know, yeah, Africa or, well, or Captain Germany or you know? Well, the Captain Britain thing was a specific. Um, I think Chris Claremont, the guy who wrote the X Men for like twenty years or thirty years, he mm-hmm. was writing for Marvel UK. So they actually had their own imprint over there on the, on the, on the other side of the pond okay. to, to develop. Because they were doing reprints of comics in the UK and they put out these special editions um, and it was just like a bunch of reprints. So you'd have like, I don't know, four or five issues in one big uh, comic. With changes or are you just talking like a bundle? No, just a bundle. And then the next month it would be the, the, the sequential issues. So you'd have issue one of Spider-Man, issue one of Daredevil, issue one of Iron Man, issue one of, I don't know, Fantastic Four. And then the second volume would have issue two of, you know, Spider-Man and Captain America, like all those things. And it was, and then they would have one section in it that would be original content. So they'd have, so they created Captain Britain for that reason. Like, well, we need, you know, and they, that's when... Uh, Marvel UK kind of got started so they'd be like instead of a full 22 ish 22 pages of Captain Britain it'd be like four pages or six pages or eight pages or, or whatever it was right so that's where Captain Britain came from they just wanted something it's like well Captain America uh, Captain Britain that sounds good <coughs> but that's where Alan Moore got his start was writing was writing Captain Britain and Alan Moore is like you know after Stan after Jack Kirby, like maybe one of the biggest you know, industry people of all time. Yeah, I mean, he's he has books that have. I think he has a book that won a. I don't know if it won a Pulitzer, but it's it's one. His books have won, you know, every writing award you can get that are not for comics. Oh, like he's he's a highbrow uh, writer. Like novels. <clears throat> like what? What do you mean? What? You mean like writing novels? No, no, he's writing comic books. Oh, no, no, but you said it's like he was writing every, he was getting every award for everything, you know, that wasn't comic book related. Or, yeah, or yeah, like mean, he, he's winning, he's winning, uh, he's he's winning writing awards, like book writing awards for right. his comic. Are these, are these novels comic, that he's? No, no, but for his comic work, his comic oh, work his is com- so good and so high quality and so. Um, game changing that he was right. winning writing awards for his comic book work. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like well. So anyway, hmm. he's you know one of my favorite writers for sure, but Stan's my number one for sure. Right. I, so I actually went through a period where um, Marvel was putting out like because I mean I wasn't alive for 1960 to 1972. Right. And I was born in 71, so I I missed the whole Stan Lee run. But right. as I got older, there was... I mean, they reprinted Spider-Man, like, a lot. So, I mean, I got a chance to read the first, you know, eight issues of Spider-Man, the first six issues of the Hulk in reprint format many times. Like, right. they would, you know, put it on... Remember those little digests you could buy, like, from the... Uh, not the 7-Eleven, but the Green Gable stores? You know, like the... Yeah, like the Archie, Archie uh, comics. And yeah, the, so they used like to the, do... The thicker book? Yeah, yeah. So they would do, like, yeah. Marvel ones like that, so... 
<clears throat> one of those would have the first six issues of the Hulk just reprinted. Oh. So I used to read all those. I mean, I was I was learning a lot of Stan stuff that way, and that's how I was getting my Stan fix. Right. That, and I read a lot of French comic books that were reprints as well, like from the library or from wherever I could get them, and they would mm-hmm. reprint old, ish, old Stan issues all the time. So that's how I kind of read, you know, really got introduced to them. Mm-hmm. And then later, when I actually had a job, like when I had my first job... <clears throat> I found a comic because comic shops weren't a thing back then. So if you wanted to find comics, good luck. Right. But I was able to <clears throat> collect a bunch more stand stuff that way. Um, and they put out something called Essential Spider-Man. So they it was a black and white reprint of a year worth of Spider-Man comic books in one volume. So I started well, buying those. So actually, I went through and read <coughs> Stan's entire run on um, Spider-Man Doctor Strange Silver Surfer uh, Avengers Fantastic Four uh, those are probably the main ones I read right and I read I read everything he'd written in all those titles oh and then X-Men so I read all those all the issues he'd written and then for Spider-Man so, I just kept going but so he was a was he, he was a creative X-Men also he was a he, yeah, he created X-Men as well, yeah. So all the characters? Yep. Oh, okay. How about the Fantastic Four? Yep, he created the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four was his first comic for Marvel. Okay. Like, Spider-Man didn't come first. Fantastic Four came first. And that was his make-or-break comic, because he was going to quit. He oh. Told, he told his wife, Joni, Joni, I'm sick and tired of comic business. Been it in it for 20 years you know by that point right. like from the 40s to the, you know to almost the 60s and he was right. sick and tired of it because they were telling him the stories he had the types of stories he had to write you know the types of characters he had to have like they told him what he needed to write and right. he was never allowed to be creative it was just the same he called it he used to call it pap I'd have to write the same pap you know month in month out there was never anything exciting in these issues it was, it was always super boring Right. You know, and he was sick and tired of it. He's like, I want to write. Like, I'm a writer. I want to write. I don't want to follow a formula. I just want to write. Like, I want to write some good stuff. Right. And then Joni said, well, if you're going to quit anyway, why don't you write what you want to write? Write the comic book you want to write. Just do it. Exactly. You know, and if they fire you, they fire you. And if they don't, well, then you're doing what you love. It's like, damn. So... The creation, of the, <laughs> the creation of the Marvel Universe is entirely Joni's fault. Like, there's no doubt about it. He wouldn't have had the balls or the will or the belief in himself to do it if it wasn't for Joni. Jo- Joni's responsible for all of Marvel Comics, in my opinion. Well, so, well, he had the major support that he needed. To, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all so he his, said, let's do it, yeah. I'm going to do it. Damn it, I'm gonna do it. So he wrote, he created the Fantastic Four. And that broke every comic formula. Like, there wasn't any comic like the Fantastic Four. You know, they didn't have real problems. Like, they had money problems. They, you know, the, the Ben and uh, Johnny fought all the time. <clears throat> they had one costume. Like, they all had the same costume. Right. Um, the like, same costume. Yep. The same blue and black costume. Like they all wore the same costume. Like they were a team, oh. but they were also family. So they, 
they had problems paying the rent. They, um, um, uh, Susan, his wife, would would uh, get sick and tired of the, you know her husband because he was always in the lab. He was always working on the next experiment. Like you have to make time for your family, you know. Like, right. Lots of family squabbles. Like it was very realistic. So he wrote, yeah, he wrote that and it sold through the roof and they're like, a lot of people could relate to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, he grounded the heroes. So everyone like went apeshit for it and like fantastic four. And thanks to Joni, like it, it made Marvel. (coughs) So they were renamed uh, Marvel comics. And then he, I can't remember what he followed it up with. Um, but Spider-Man came in 63, I think it was. And again, it was, you know, an idea he had that he wanted to do. Did it. Um, there was Daredevil and there was the Avengers. And he brought Captain America back. Right. And that was like, that was a big thing because Captain America, you know, was stopping in the comics in the 40s at the end of World War II. I mean, there was other Captain Americas in between, but not the original. Right. And he brought him back. Like, oh my God, he, like he's been on ice for 20 years, and now he's like, he was doing things that had never been done before in comics. So, like, for that alone, and then from that period of 1961 to 1972, he was writing, I don't know if he was writing all the titles, but he was writing, like, 90% of all the titles they had. And when it's like, oh, I have, you know, I have an idea for a new comic, he'd just write that comic. <laughs> it's insane. Like, I don't know if there's anyone that has written as much content, as much good content um, as him, period. Like, you know, uh, uh, Dickens right. or um, Steinbach or, um, you know, all these great writers all these great novelists no one has had the level of output as Stan Lee with characters that if you think about it all the characters that he created between 60 and 72 are all the characters you're seeing in the Marvel movies it's all those same characters and they since the 60s to now they're still relevant they're still popular they still sell a shit ton of comics Mm -hmm. like there's no one else comics well, it's not even just kids, like everybody. And even while well, adults, well, kids back then that are adults now grew up with those. Yeah. So, yeah. So everything that I write now, like the novel that I'm working on right now, the, the one called Sweden, mm-hmm. it's, I'm, I, I'm editing right now, and as I'm editing, I'm like, I'm, like, everything about these characters just breathes Stan Lee. Like, I'm... I'm not ripping him off, but all his characters had hope. It was all about hope, like, you know, the the underdog. You know, Spider-Man was always an underdog. He was always, you know, he was, he was never good enough to beat this guy or, you know, that he had so many problems, but he always found a way at the end to overcome everything. And I have that in every fucking thing that I write. <laughs> That's what's happening. Every yeah. fucking thing that I write, it's about having hope and you know like maybe struggling a bit but believing yourself in the end and overcoming you know the hurdles in your life and that's my that's the life lesson I apply to everything 
to get yeah. right out of Stan Lee's mouth. It's crazy. Awesome. Wow. So, when, where were you when you found out that he passed? What were you doing? How did, I, how did you find him? I was at work, and I got a text mm-hmm. from uh, Corey. I hadn't heard. I hadn't heard at all. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was at work, and yeah. I'm like, oh. Oh, and I kind of stopped what I was doing. I went for a little walk. I knew, because I, I don't know, I guess, I I mean, I knew it was going to come, like, but I mean, it's been 20 years since it's going to, since it was going to come. You didn't realize how much of an impact it had on you until it actually happened. Yeah. It was almost like losing a, a family member almost. It was. Yeah. I mean, you know how many times I, you know how I used to go to bed early at night so I could read in the comic books? There I am yep. reading Stan Lee stuff in my, in my right. bed, two hours a night, reading and rereading and, and learning you know, getting a moral compass from reading these things. Right. Like, I mean, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. It wasn't until, you know, like... Well, we lived in the boonies, so... Yeah, like, (laughs) Stan Lee was... Yeah, the comics, I had my guitar, so... Yeah. My friend was Stan Lee, in a way, you know? It was... That's what I had, and that's, you know, that's how I got... A lot of the things came from... Right from there. Right. So, I... I don't know. There's a there's uh, there's been a few negative things, and I know Corey wanted wanted to talk about some of the negative things that came up in in the press and stuff, right? Like the Bill Maher thing, and, and I kind of didn't want to talk about that because some people slam. They're like, oh, you know, why is everybody crying over this guy? You know, he wrote comic books. Like, no, he didn't write comic books. He wrote he wrote works of art, like. They weren't just comic books. That's the thing. He was such a good writer, and he wrote with such with such conviction that it was so big and so great that the comic pages couldn't contain his work. And Marvel, Marvel, and comics. If Marvel had, if Stan had never come along and done the work he did with Marvel, mm-hmm. then the comic world might still be popular today. But it, we wouldn't be having these movies. Uh, we wouldn't be having any of that stuff. That's all on Stan. Stan was the best promoter for comic books, but he also made comic books good and great at times. Right. And well, he meant different things to different people. So, I mean, someone wants to slam him, like, hey, you know what? That's that's your prerogative. That's that's what he meant to you. He obviously didn't mean as much to you than a lot of other people. Some people just kind of dwell on on anything negative that comes out versus the positive. So, I mean, different strokes for different folks, but, I mean, it, it, it's nice to know that, you know, he, he made uh, that much of an impact on you, and I'm sure he's, he's done that on uh, on a lot of other people also. Well, and everything I learned from that, that's what I've been trying to impart to my kids. Like, like it's not going to just stop with me or stop with, you know, my generation or the generation before me. It's just, you know... Like, he was that important, a cultural figure. Right. And I know some people, you know, they talk about, oh, you know, the great people in history. You know, President Obama, he did this, and he did that, and he did all these great things. Or, you know, um, some people talk that way about uh, Pierre, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, like, all these things he did. I know some people don't like him, but whatever. But you can't deny uh, that Trudeau had a lasting impact on Canada forever. Like he'll always be remembered. Right. He's one of those guys, always be remembered. George Washington, 
Abraham Lincoln. Like these are people that changed the the landscape of humanity. And oh, Stan, he just wrote comics. No, he was actually more impactful than some of those figures. In a lot of ways, like he represented, you know, standing up for your common man and loving your family and being kind to right. people and helping the underdog, like, and you know, like he promoted tolerance of people that were different, i.e., you know, um, people that are gay or you know, a different, you know, a different color skin. Like he believed mm-hmm. in uh, hope homogenized but a world where we're all one human race right it doesn't matter if you're alien you got green skin or or whatever like like we all have good within us yeah well we're all here we all have to get along because hey we only have one planet (laughs) yeah i mean he promoted that more than you know there's people talk about these great people but i i to me he had more impact in making me not judge people and being accepting of people and not, you know, looking past the color of someone's skin or their religion or their sexuality. I like, I might be more judgmental of those things and not be a good person if I didn't, you know, if I didn't go to the school to stand, you know, like I, I could have been taught by somebody else to hate, you know, certain types of people. But, you know, I, my Bible was, you know, reading Stan's comics, like, all the time, and he taught me good from, you know, good from bad, and right from wrong, and, you know, like, like, I don't know, what would have happened to me if I didn't have that? Like, that was my, that was my, uh, my compass. Right. He was a humanitarian. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. He wasn't just a comic book, you know, guy. (laughs) <laughs> no, you know, yet it, and uh, I mean, a, a lot of people follow a lot of people, whether they're good people or bad people, for whatever personal reasons they have, because they have an interest um, in their views or their goals or, or whatever it is. Um, but I, I truly think that there there should be more people like him. Um, in, in, in that aspect anyway and just, just the humanity portion where you know everybody's you know and you see in the news I mean these people are against these people and these ones are against these people I mean why yeah. um, I mean I mean there's I, I know there's deep roots in history on, on how everything's kind of gone but I mean as time goes on people are I think people are more tolerable. Mind you, we live in Canada, which is, you know, we've got a hodgepodge of everybody. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's whatever. I mean, that's just us. I mean, we grew up, um, you know, with different uh, ethnic groups, and it was like, whatever. They're just people like you and me. Yeah. But other people, because they're so segregated in uh, where those you don't have that mixture, you're kind of looking on the other side of the fence going, oh, like, what are they all about type thing, right? Yeah. Instead of actually, you know, talking to them and actually trying to figure stuff out. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, that's my kind of little rant there. Yeah. <laughs> so to the, yeah, I guess to the people that are, you know, been dissing, saying he's not, well, not dissing, but saying well, he's not that important. So it's like, no, he is. You know, I owe a lot to 
I mean, I don't want to take anything away from like mom and dad and stuff. Like they, they you know, they they're amazing parents, and you know, I, I don't want to dismiss you know what they've done for us because you know, right. we're nothing without our parents. Right. But you know, you know when dad's not around or mom's not around, Stan is there. You know, still telling me you know how to do, you know, how to be a good person. Right. How to not. I mean, you're. I think you're a product of your environment. Yeah. I, I honestly believe that. Whatever you grow up in, that's what you believe in, and that's, you know, how you are. Whether whether you deem it as good or bad or evil or, or excellent or, or whatever, everyone has their own, you know, the way they grew up. And being that you grew up with Stan Lee in, in, in his, you know, well, not just the comics, but even just his moral yeah. uh, compass on, on the way that, you know, he lived his life. And the things that you picked up on that, um, you know, that, you know, that you took from him and they were all, you know, positive. That's, that's excellent. You can't, you know, you can't fault that at all. And yeah, and his love story too, like his love story with his, you know, with his wife, like I still, I, like, I look at that too. It's like, he just worshiped his wife and, you know, treated her like the queen that she needed to be treated. Like he just, he was so good to her. And I'm like, I try you know, to right. live up to that standard. Like, yeah, I, I've been with her for seven years and I still, you know, it's not, I still love her, but it's like, of course I love her. Like, you know, how, how can you, you know, I, I married my best friend and I don't know. It's mm-hmm. like, that's the way, like I try to treat my wife really well. You know, well, you treat people like you want to be treated. I mean, yeah. it's usually the, you know, the go-to. Yeah. <laughs> And comics, I mean, and also the, I mean, comics for kids. Look at, you know, how that's, how that's been going. You know, you know, getting, you know, people out there, you know, these, the comics in this, in this whole world, you know, that they want to share with everyone else. Yeah. You know, it's a positive thing and you want to, and you want to spread it out. I also learned to read, like, from, like, that's, I learned to read from comic books. You know, your mom taught me and that but like i've kept reading comic books so i could learn you know what is this like what is this word you know i was just so fascinated with yeah you're you're into more of the superheroes i was more into the richie rich yeah (laughs) and archie comics more so the richie rich because i could you would immerse yourself in that world where you would have you know an unrelenting amount of money and you could do whatever you wanted you know, whether you had a house and then you had a secret chamber, you know, it's almost like kids when they when they build a fort and they have their own little area type thing. So, so yeah, different comics. I mean, not not just Stan Lee, but other you know other comics too. I guess. <laughs> guess where I am? I think you're home. <laughs> I think I'm home. Okay, well, I'll sign off here and we'll uh, see you on the flip side. Okay, doke. Okay. Talk. We'll talk to you later. Uh, okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.